Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you Nebraska baseball. Catch our live coverage as the Huskers meet the Indiana Hoosiers on the Diamond at Hawks Field at Haymarket Park in Lincoln. Watch Friday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Kicking off hour number two here on Hurt at Sports Radio on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. I'm Ravi Lula, Andrew Rogers here with me. And we're brought to you by Dingman's Collision Center, four great Omaha area locations. They've been family owned and operated in Omaha for over 25 years. And they've been voted first place best of Omaha for the last 18 years running they can work on anything from Fords to Teslas because they invest in the latest technology. They also invest in the community with their give back program. They make a donation for every car repaired. Visit Dingman's.com for more information. Joining us now to give us a little bit more information on all things Nebraska is our guy Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Mitch, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. Robbie, how are you? We are doing pretty good. You know, just trying to keep our... Uh, heads above water with the transfer portal stuff and trying to figure out what happened between the first and second half in Nebraska basketball last night. Um, you know, I, as as you kind of watched that game against Minnesota, hmm. is what level of concern rose up for you? Because as I'm kind of watching, I was like, I, I think there's some things here that might not be quick fixes. Yeah, Robbie. I went to bed when it when Nebraska was up, up, up big, or at least at least I I went and laid down in bed and turned the game off. So, um, you know, clearly I'm not covering Nebraska basketball every day. I was at the I was at the uh, Creighton game, sure, on Sunday, and that was of course the disappointing outcome for Nebraska. Also, um, good day for Creighton, mm-hmm. but not for, for Fred Hoiberg's team. Um, and then last night I did watch the first half and thought, okay, this is a snoozer. And I'm, um, you know, I'm not, I don't need to, I don't need to stay with this thing. <laughs> um, I saw the score when I woke up this morning and, and thought, well, um, I guess uh, this group of Huskers who looked pretty good um, in their first seven games against suspect competition, they're not ready. And that, that was what I thought on Sunday. And mm-hmm. my takeaway was Nebraska's just not ready for prime time. And playing Minnesota, on the road in the Big Ten opener is not really the kind of prime time that you're going to see down the road uh, as we get farther into this season. But um, there's a lot of things that Nebraska is not ready for, apparently, and and um, just going out and getting into conference play is is one of them. Now, Mitch, uh, changing gears to uh, that transfer portal that Ravi was uh, alluding to when we opened things up. Um, 
five quarterbacks have been linked to Nebraska already in the portal. You have Will Howard, Sam Levitt, uh, Kyle McCord, his name popping up yesterday, Blake Shape and Cam Ward. Um, whose characteristics and skill sets would you say best match up with what Nebraska wants to do? Well, what does Nebraska want to do? I that's, think that's the first question. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that's going to depend on how the, the roster looks. I, I, this, is, this is, you know, defensively, we know what Nebraska wants to do. You watch the, the, the scheme that Tony White installed, and you watch Nebraska play in 2023, and it's pretty clear the path that, def- that, that Nebraska is on defensively. You cannot say that at all about the offense. In fact, I would expect that in the long run, other than just getting game experience and for the players who are at Nebraska long term to be able to have gotten their feet wet and playing for these coaches, that's, that's really the only thing you're going to be able to take away and move forward with from the 2023 season on the offensive side for Nebraska. Everything that you saw – as far as far as what they leaned on, how they played, that's all kind of going back to square one. Yeah, they want to be physical. They want to be able to run the ball. So I suppose you can say they they were they were effective at doing that um, for most of the season. Nebraska was a was a pretty good running team, although a lot of it came from the quarterback spot at the expense of turning the ball over 31 times. So that's not that's not good, and that's not something you want to build on. Um, so I, I, it's hard to answer the question about which of the quarterbacks that Nebraska is looking at in the portal. And, and the guy they ultimately end up getting might not be one of these five. You know, it still could be someone who pops up on the radar or gets an offer or takes a visit to Lincoln um, that, we, that we don't have wind of yet. But, um, you know, I look at Sam Levitt and I see a guy who is, who is mobile but not a, a quarterback that you're going to expect to run for 100 yards, has a good arm, can seemingly stay in the pocket. Limited sample size. He only played in four games at Michigan State this season. But, you know, his, based on his pedigree, you know, what he did in high school, he looks like a guy who would fit what I think Nebraska wants to do offensively moving forward. Mitch, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm wondering about that spot. And, you know, with the NIL situation the way it is, do you think Nebraska is willing to spend the type of money that that Matt Rule said it's going to require to get, you know, a, a Kyle McCord if that's the case, or one of these kind of more proven commodities, or do you think it's dramatically more likely that they go for, you know, a Sam Levitt or somebody, or or maybe they they take one out of column A and one out of column B? Yeah, well, that they, I think they would they would like to do that. They would like to be able to take one out of column A and one out of column B. And, and McCord, Ward, and Howard are in that column A, where they're guys who have more experience and, and less less time to to help you. They're they're a, an instant upgrade um, kind of quarterback that Matt Rule talked about when when he got into this subject a little bit last last Wednesday and talking to the media. And then the other two. Um, you know, well, Shapin's been around for a while too, and mm-hmm. and has has limited time left. Clearly, Sam Levitt is the is the one in that group who had, you, you know you could mold him, you could turn him into the help, you could develop him into the kind of quarterback that that you want to um, to build around. 
Um, and I, I, I do kind of think there'll be more that that emerge, um, you know, unless Nebraska hits hits it out of the park with with one or two of these guys. And, you know, we still we're still waiting for, you know, everything to shake out in Lincoln. I mean, Jeff Sims is clearly not going to be back, but he's got to actually enter the portal um, to this point. It's been all he's expected the, to enter the portal. Well, you know, I, I, we expected Jeff Sims to enter the portal in in October. Um, so that that hasn't really changed at this point. Um, what's Chubba Purdy going to do? Um, you know, he graduates here this month and he's got eligibility left two years of eligibility left. Um, it's not a guarantee. Look, look at the players in the portal and, and, you know, at other schools that who have gone in and it's clear that it's not a guarantee that anyone is, is going to be back anywhere. So Nebraska needs to figure out what's going on in its own roster. And then, um, you know, that will help shape, uh, how many, um, from column A or column B or a combination um, end up in Lincoln starting in January. Mitch, I don't want this to sound harsh by any means, but with that news of Jeff Sims expecting to go into the transfer portal yesterday, it had me thinking, what team is going to take a chance on Jeff Sims? I'm, I can't imagine it's an, an FBS team, but if it is, like, I, I would love to know what they see out of Jeff Sims to get him there. Do you think it's a situation, though, where he goes either down a level to like FCS ball? Does he go closer to home? Does, could you see him stooping down to Division II football? Like, where do you see uh, Jeff Sims playing football next year? Yeah, somebody will give him a chance. Um, you know, not everybody has the the kind of resources that the programs have around here that, that we're talking about. Um, you know, I think you asked the last question, and maybe I didn't answer it, about Nebraska and the NIL. And that, and that comes down to um, how, how much Nebraska gets as far as resources that come in from donors. Um, I mean, they may be in the, in the market to spend seven figures um, – on a quarterback, but it's going to depend on how much, basically how much money they can raise. That's where we're at with college football now. And that's, you know, not everybody has that. Um, in fact, most schools don't. So there will be plenty out there who are in the market for a quarterback. That is a risk, a big risk like Jeff Sims. I don't think that anyone is going to bring him in and anoint him as the starter. So he, I think he'll get an opportunity, maybe not at the power five level, um, but I don't think it's going to have to be FCS. I certainly don't think it's Division Two. I think Group of Five uh, is very possible for him. Very would be likely. And you know, there, there there are coaches out there who will think, you know, like the Nebraska coaches did, that they can help him and fix him um, to 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 free him of some of the problems that he's had. And it very that very well may be true. You know, Jeff did not have anywhere near the kind of turnover issues that we saw this year in his last season at Georgia Tech. Across the, 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 the scope of his career, yeah, the turnovers are off the charts and they're, they're really high. And he had problems as a freshman in Atlanta. But in his third season, there were other things. There were injuries that held him back. There mm-hmm. were team-wide issues. But the turnovers weren't a huge thing. And then they obviously cropped up again as soon as the season started this year. So I think uh, coaches are going to look – at the big picture with Jeff and see that there's always been some kind of an issue with, with his performance, but at different times in his career, um, you know, he has succeeded and he's been a dynamic player. So um, there'll be an opportunity out there for him. Mitch, you mentioned Chubba Purdy and kind of the decision that's going to be in his lap coming up as well. It, 
in what scenario do you think he stays versus goes? Well, I think he would probably be inclined to move if Nebraska brings in a couple of quarterbacks. And I don't know that that's Nebraska's plan right now. I think Nebraska is is out looking at multiple players at the position because it knows there's a chance that that it could have to fill multiple spots. And if Sim, if it's just Sims who's going into the portal, um, you know, you have a freshman coming in who's going to be um, a developmental player in, in Daniel Kalen. Um, and if you have Purdy and, of course, you have Heinrich Harburg, too, with experience now, um, then I think they're probably in the market for one quarterback and, and – um, you know, Chubb is going to look at all of that. And maybe Chubb has already made his decision. Maybe, you know, maybe he has already decided to stay. Or maybe he's going to stay through the spring and see this thing out, see where he's at, much like Casey Thompson did, although Casey didn't have the benefit last year of being able to practice in the spring and stack himself up against Sims and the others. Um, and then maybe Chubb reassesses it in, in, the, in the spring portal period. Um, it's, you know... It's hard to know, but I'm sure he's going to look at um, the timing there, like consider something now, consider something in April. Um, of course, he wants to take into account, you know, what his relationship is like with these coaches, with the players. You know, does he want to be in Lincoln? Does he – Does he? how much does he, uh, you know, enjoy this experience? And if it's a big yes that he, that he loves it here, then that's going to factor also into the decision that he has to make. You know, I don't want to make it out like, you know, he's – He's um, shopping himself to mm-hmm. other schools because I, I don't know. I just know that he has options because as a player who's already mm-hmm. transferred once, um, he's graduating now, and he would need that. He would need to be a graduate transfer in order to be eligible right away next year somewhere else, and and, and that is the case for him. And once a four-star, he'd probably have his suitors out there too. Now, in other portal news, uh, an Uman Mielin making his name available, Prince Will's older brother, Prince Lee. Is this a story, Mitch, where you see the brothers possibly linking up, or do you imagine Prince Lee is looking to bounce to whatever team is willing to give him the NIL dollars and maybe a chance at a college football playoff shot? Yeah, I don't have any reason to believe that they that they want to hook up, um, you know. And if they hook up, it, it doesn't necessarily it wouldn't have to be at Nebraska. I mean, not to go all, all uh, you know. Let's get, let's get negative. <laughs> but, you know, there's always that possibility too. Um, and of course, Nebraska very much wants to keep Prince Will, who was named a second team freshman All American today, by the way, by the uh, Athletic. So check out that that story. Um, I, I, you know, the most likely outcome in all of this is that Princely ends up at another school, uh, maybe in Texas, um, mm. back where they're from. I know his defensive line coach at Florida is on the move. Um, perhaps he'll want to follow him. Um, I think to Texas A&M is, is where that, um, you know, where that, that, uh, that move, that jump was made. So, it's something to watch. I think that's that's the most interesting. That's the that's the biggest takeaway that I have when I when I saw him go in the portal yesterday from Florida. Is it's a name to watch because it's a name that we know. And if you know if Nebraska made a list of of favorites for Princely, I suppose that would make some sense because there's a connection here. But uh, we're a long ways away from having those two guys um, running around on the Nebraska defense together.
We're talking with Mitch Sherman of cool the Athletic. I'll say it's we can we can always dream, right? Yeah, I'm an imaginer. <laughs> we're talking with Mitch Sherman of the Athletic. Um, as Nebraska, you know, we're, we're talking a ton about the transfer portal and and for good reason, but it. I kind of get the sense that this is going to be a dramatically smaller transfer portal class, if nothing else, just from a number standpoint with what's already on the roster and who's coming into the freshman class. Is that kind of the sense you're getting as well, or do you think they're just going to take whoever they need and figure out the numbers later? Yeah, you can do that to a certain level, um, but they're kind of at the point or they're getting closer to the point with the numbers that they have to think about it unless they want to, to be um, the kind of program that Matt rule has said, he doesn't want to run mm-hmm. where you're, you're just telling players to get lost. Um, they have to look at the numbers and, you know, my take on it going into portal season was kind of what the, the, the opposite of what you said there, Robbie, like get the players that you can upgrade your roster. I mean, the, the problem at Nebraska after seven consecutive losing seasons is not that there's too much talent here. So <laughs> go out and collect the, the talent and then figure out the numbers later. And I, and I, I believe in that to a certain degree, but you can't take it to a point where you end up with like 25 players heavy on the roster um, in, in February mm-hmm. in comparison to where you need to be in August. So there's a balance there that you have to strike. And I do think it'll be a smaller group last year. Nebraska added 12 um, 12 transfers plus the two uh, who came back in, in Xavier Betts and, and Isaiah Garcia Castaneda who were in the portal from Nebraska and, and returned to the roster. So, um, you know, I'm not counting Jamari Butler. He was in the portal for like a week. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it's not going to be 12 to 14. It's, it's going to be more like three to five, I would say. Now, Mitch, away from uh, the heavily coveted quarterback position in the portal, where Nebraska could probably use some extra help is at the wide receiver position, the offensive line, uh, maybe even the linebacker spot. We got into that a little bit yesterday. I'm cool with the development and promotion approach, but it's nice to add or to have that added depth at those positions. If you were only able to choose one from the portal, which group would benefit most? most right away outside of quarterback outside of quarterback Um, out of those three that I labeled probably wide receiver um, just because of the lack of experience there right now returning on the roster Um, you know Garcia Castaneda and Marcus Washington are possibilities to come back for Nebraska and if they end up getting both of those guys who were were injured this year and and Washington's out of eligibility but could have a a waiver to uh, to work through um, then they're then they're in much better shape but you can't really count on them and at this point, um, we'll have to see where their health is and, and what their what their decisions are. But um, it, you know, if if you if you have one of those guys or or neither of those guys, and you're really thin on experience again at wide receiver going into 2024, you got Alex Bullock as a player who's been in the program for a few years, and then everyone else is really freshmen, like like freshmen right now. Malachi Coleman and and, and Jalen Lloyd played. Um, they're sophomores, but everybody else is, is incoming freshmen or redshirt freshmen. And I think you'd like more experience than that um, to help your new quarterback um, or your returning quarterback, whoever it might be. Um, so, yeah, receiver to me is a place where – and Nebraska's had success, uh, more success in recruiting impact wide receivers in recent years out of the portal mm-hmm. than it has at any other position. So, like, 
the next Samari Toure who's kicking around the the FCS and can come in and, and play at Nebraska for one year and then go off to the NFL. Um, you know, that's a guy who would, would be like the ideal candidate to come in and, and, and fix up that room. Uh, Mitch, before we let you go here, we've got about four minutes left. I wanted to give you a chance to kind of talk about um, a story that you wrote about the Juravicious family uh, with Caroline as, as a freshman volleyball player on the team who's redshirting, obviously a, a famous father who played in the NFL. Um, just a really cool story. What were, I guess, what were some of the most interesting things that you learned about um, the family kind of through the story? And I guess when did you first sort of realize there was a story here? Yeah, this one just kept getting better and better as 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 I talked to more people. Um, you know, I talked to Caroline last week and just wanted to wanted to meet her and talk and get her story um, because um, one, you know, she's the, the daughter of Joe Juravicious and people know that name. Um, you know, played for the Tampa Bay Bucks, won a Super Bowl there for John Gruden in in two thousand and three. Um, but there's so much more to this, and Caroline's the, the only player who's redshirting on this Nebraska volleyball roster. The Huskers. Of course, you're in the Sweet 16 today at home against Georgia Tech. So, um, you know, a timely, timely factor there to get this, get this story out. Um, I knew that the, the Juravicious family had, had moved to Lincoln, you know, which interested me. Um, their daughter, Ava, was a, was a junior, is, is a junior at Lincoln Lutheran, won a state championship on the, on the volleyball court. So there were a lot of elements kind of floating around about this story that I was curious about. Um, but in, in, in talking to Caroline and then in, and then in sitting down on last weekend, just a couple of days ago with Joe and his wife, Megan, and with, with Ava, um, and in talking to some Huskers about Caroline and their family, um, it completely blew me away, the stuff that I learned about them. And it's in the story. I encourage people to go read it and, and, and find out about this family. I mean, if you're a longtime fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you'll remember mm-hmm. in that Super Bowl year. That, that Joe and his wife, Megan, lost a son who lived for lived for 10 weeks um, right around the time that, that he won that Super Bowl. And, and that 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 son, that that brother that that Caroline Juravicious never knew, um, he, he would have been 21 next month. And he um, his impact looms large with her and with that family. And that's kind of the basis of, of where I started this. But but there's so much more there. Um, and really, that's the thing about this Nebraska volleyball team, you know, as, as people follow them and, and why people love this team. It's, of course, that they're 30 and one and they're the number one ranked team in the country. Mm-hmm. But the stories that these that these um, athletes have to tell, it's not just Caroline, but 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 hers is, is really one of the more um, compelling and intriguing ones. Um, the stories are all over the roster and it's just easy to be, um, you know, to be somebody who wants to follow and, and enjoy this team because of. Of um, of those personal stories, hundred percent. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a really interesting and and I I hesitate to say cool story, but it it is kind of cool her role that she's played and her you know you mentioned her being a, a super highly touted recruit and you might think hey she'd have a really hard time dealing with the disappointment of not playing this year, but then you kind of realize what she's gone through she in has. her life and what her family's gone through in her life. It's like, yeah, it's still a challenge, but mm-hmm. I think she's uniquely prepared for that challenge. So I, w- I would encourage everybody to to go read that story uh, in The Athletic. Uh, Mitch, we appreciate your time as always. Uh, definitely uh, really appreciate your insight on Nebraska football, but love the stuff you do with kind of the, the human interest stories as well across Nebraska sports. So uh, thank you for that, and uh, thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, Mitch.
That's Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Yeah, I would, I would highly encourage go check that out. It's a, it's a super cool story. Well, and the cool part about that, too, is, and you mentioned her, like, you know how tough it must be to, to not be playing right now, but to also remember that this Nebraska team is so incredibly young mm-hmm. and so incredibly talented that – She's going to have so many more runs yes, of so what many Nebraska is yeah. having this year yeah. in her playing career. Yeah, absolutely. And it's you know it's a it's a unique position to be as because I mean she was literally a top twenty national recruit and she's the only freshman not playing as Mitch said. But it's because Merritt Beeson transferred in at her position. And, and so, Merritt Beeson's pretty good. Yeah, Merritt Beeson like might be the best player in the country. So <laughs> you kind of had this like really strange position for this super talented athlete to be in. And then she's got her whole family here. Uh, it's a it's a great story. I, I would encourage people to go uh, check it out on the Athletic. Uh, all right, coming up next at 8:45, we'll talk to Brian Edwards. Get a little. Uh, Vegas Insider action going on. We'll talk to Brunts at 9. We've got a lot more here for you on Herd Sports Radio.